We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What is up, Thunder fans? It is your boy, Taylor Peterson, again, unfortunately. You guys probably hear my voice at this point and just get depressed. <laughs> um, apparently, I'm the Thunder's bad luck charm, I guess, because we just lost another one tonight. Um, you guys are listening to the Uncontested Postgame Podcast, by the way, because you guys didn't already know. Um, and unfortunately, the Thunder lost their fourth straight. And there's not a whole lot of good to say about this. Um, I thought about playing music in the background, trying to, like, spice it up a little bit, you know, trying to do something fun, um, but um, I just thought that was a little too distracting. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and jump into this and try not to make it too depressing, but I feel like there's certainly a lot of things that need to be covered, and this one might be a little shorter and a little more blunt than my last post-game podcast, because I feel like a lot of the themes, you know, we've been talking about over the last three games and really the last four games that they've lost, because they're all very relevant. And they've continued to be present uh, during this Thunder losing streak, unfortunately. So like I said, the Thunder lost their fourth straight. Uh, it's also their third straight at home, which is awful, particularly for a team who's been so good at home uh, throughout this entire season up until the, to this recent stretch. And that also makes 10, other, uh, 10 losses of their last 14 games, it just which is awful. So they lose to Toronto tonight in overtime. They lost 123 to 114. They are now tied tonight with the Clippers for eighth place in the West. Um, because Spurs in sixth place, even though they have the same record, they have the tiebreaker over us. And I guess, um, according to the standings, they, I, I didn't check into this, but they must apparently have a tiebreaker over the Clippers right now as well. Um, so we are in trouble. We went from third in the West here about a month ago to eighth. Um, not a lot to be super optimistic about, if we're being completely honest. But just to give you guys a, a quick rundown of the game tonight, in case you guys weren't able to to listen in or, or watch the game, or even if you guys just went 
just kind of want to hear a, a quick recap. You know, first quarter, first quarter happens, and the Raptors were just on fire. They didn't have Kyle Lowry tonight. The Thunder did have Russell Westbrook. They did have Nerlens Noel. Um, and one thing I should mention before I jump into this is it was the Nick Collison jersey retirement night, which was awesome. I thought the Thunder did a great job with it. I thought you know Nick gave an, an incredible speech uh, pregame when they did their did his ceremony. Um, you know it was really touching, and I'm super happy that we retired that jersey. You know I, I know there's a lot of other fan bases which who cares about them. Um, there's a lot of other uh, potential like media, uh, NBA media that maybe don't agree with retiring Nick's jersey because he didn't put up the big stats. You know jerseys uh, retired jerseys should be for Hall of Famers and all of that nonsense. Um, and I just thought that the Thunder handled it perfectly. That tribute video was really cool. Nick was super appreciative. Um, he's just the epitome. I think I tweeted this before the game, but he's the, he's the epitome of what it means to be in Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, he really represents this community. He represents that organization as a whole, inside and out. And I am so happy that we went ahead and retired his jersey. And um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see that up in the rafters. I think it was well-deserved. And quite frankly, I think everybody who disagrees... Um, no, I probably shouldn't say that on the podcast. <laughs> but I am very happy that the Thunder went ahead and retired Nick's jersey. And um, he's just a great guy. And I just want to give him a congratulations. You know, I, it actually it had me really pumped up for this game. You know, Russ is coming back also from his, his one-game suspension. I was actually really optimistic for the first time in a couple games, to be completely honest with you. I'm mean, even going to that Warriors game. I was a little, like, unsure how I should feel. The Heat game, I didn't feel super great. But tonight, I felt pretty pumped up. Excuse me, I thought the Thunder were going to be pretty motivated, um, particularly after that whole Nick Collison uh, jersey ceremony, Russ coming back. I felt really good about it, and unfortunately it wasn't the case. Um, so anyways, back into the recap. I just want to give a quick shout-out to Nick Collison, but back into the recap. First quarter, Raptors shot 71, 71% from the floor. Um, like I said, without Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet just had an absolute incredible game, and I actually put that in our Slack, in our uncontested Slack that we have. I said... Um, so Lowry's out. That means that Van Fleet's going to have a career game. And he, I don't know if it was a career game, but he did absolutely torch us. Um, the Raptors shot 71% from the floor. Thunder shot only 52%. Or not not only, excuse me. They shot 52%, which is good. But they were 2-6 from the free throw line, which will be a continuing theme here. Um, I thought there was decent defense in the first quarter, but they left way too many outside shots open. They defended pretty well in the, in the paint overall. I think like Gasol only ended up with 10 points, which is good. But they didn't get back on fast breaks which is another thing, and I'm sure you guys remember that from my last postgame podcast. So second quarter happens. Um, per Brett Dawson, with seven minutes left in the half, the Raptors had 10 three-pointers and had made seven. The Thunder, meanwhile, had 11 free throws and had only made three. Again, theme. Um, Thunder tied the Raptors 24-24 in the second quarter. Toronto shot 8-19 of 19 in the quarter, which is a big improvement defensively. I thought the defense continued to improve. OKC okay, so could have made an even bigger move, but... Again, it was 1-6 from 3 and 5-11 from the free throw line. Uh, super balanced scoring overall. The stat lines are very balanced. And then from there, Russell kind of pulled away. So the third quarter happens. We started 0-2 shooting and two turnovers. And it was to the point where I was just like, oh my gosh, I might just have to turn this game off. Like, how am I, how am I going to do a post-game podcast over this? Um, we went on an 8-0 run after that to get down to 11 which I still wasn't super optimistic about because the Thunder have been doing that over the past couple games. As I'm sure you guys know, and it's very frustrating because they finally start to care when they're down 20 points and they think they can quote-unquote flip a switch, like Antonio Daniels said um, after the last game. 
three-point shooting uh, through quarter three, the Raptors shot 54.2%. The Thunder only shot 25.9%, which is awful. Toronto had six more threes made than OKC, which is a huge difference, obviously. Um, we were down 14 heading into the fourth. And then from there, we outscored the Raptors 32-18 to 18 in the fourth quarter. We come back. Um, it was really insane. You know, Russ really got going there. I don't have his, even have his fourth quarter shooting, uh, but I thought he was pretty much phenomenal. Um, also, the defense stepped up. Like, the defense literally got better each quarter, it seemed like. And in the fourth quarter, they, they played great. I mean, obviously, we uh, held the Raptors to 18 points. And we finally were able to make shots fall. I say make because it wasn't like they were just falling freely. But uh, we made good decisions. We took good shots. And honestly, I think we have. the past two, Even the past two games, I think we've taken good shots. They just won't fall. It's the most ridiculous thing. It's super frustrating, particularly as a fan. But it's also super strange. You know, um, obviously, I'm by no means, and none of us here at the Uncontested are by no means basketball experts. You know, we we really uh, kind of created this as Thunder fans, as basketball fans, to kind of be a voice for you guys. You know, kind of be able to relate to you guys and be able to talk with you guys and communicate with you guys. Uh, we're not basketball experts, but we all been around the game for a very long time. And in my case, I've been around the game since I was four years old. I played basketball since I was four. I still play occasionally, but I followed it in depth for a very long time since I was young. And I also have followed the Thunder from the very beginning. I was actually in attendance at the very first Thunder game ever, and I've had a Russell Westbrook jersey pretty much ever since. Um, so with saying that, with that huge disclaimer that I just wasted uh, your guys' time with, and I apologize, I'm not sure I've ever seen such a strange shooting slump um, where the Thunder literally can just not make baskets at all. <laughs> I mean, it, it seriously is really strange. And like, you can go back and say that maybe the hot streak in January, um, early February was the anomaly. And maybe the Thunder just aren't a great shooting team. And that's fair. But even then, the Thunder aren't this bad of a shooting team. I promise you that. There are not many NBA teams that are. And I guess I have this as a theme. I can get into this a little more uh, in depth here in a little bit, but I just thought it's super strange how the Thunder literally cannot make baskets right now. It just seems like very, mu very much seems like a mental thing, and I'm not sure it, where that falls on Billy, where that falls on like a leader on the team such as Russ or PG. But regardless, um, it obviously hurt the Thunder a lot, and was a big reason for tonight's loss. So from there, uh, fourth quarter, at the end of the fourth quarter, Paul George finally started to get going he kind of remembered how to put the ball in the basket which was huge for us um he had particularly he had he, he, he got fouled on three-point play hit three three free throws and then hits a uh, a big three-pointer down the stretch in the fourth quarter which uh got us within two i believe and then he fouls on the other end which really hurt us and then russ goes down he gets a free a, excuse me a layup um is able to tie it up and next thing you know we're going or well actually we got the ball back um, it, there's an offensive foul on Siakam, who is apparently the next LeBron James. If you guys listen to any of NBA analysis these days, uh, it's the, the quote-unquote smart NBA thing to say right now, um, which is kind of funny. But and, and I'm appreciative of it. I have him on my fantasy team. But anyways, um, not when it's against the Thunder. So Siakam gets the offensive foul. Russ goes down. Or excuse me, we, we actually call timeout. And Billy uh, draws a play up out of the timeout. Russ gets the ball super deep um, past the three-point line, throws up a prayer, not even close. We go into overtime. And then overtime was just pretty much a disaster. It 
was very similar to the first quarter in a way, except the defense maybe was a little better, but you could just tell the Thunder were tired. Thunder only scored four points in overtime. Uh, it was one basket, I believe, by Russ, and I think two free throws by Russ. Um, we, you know, we hardly took any shots outside. I think Jacob, if you go back and look at his tweets, he actually tweeted Brett Dawson about that. I think we only had one shot from outside, unless there was one like towards the end that I didn't catch when I was typing this up in my notes. Um, it was ugly, and that's what happens. That's what happen, which happens when you can't hit outside shots throughout the game. I mean, it really is. Um, so some themes. Let's go ahead and jump with some themes because I'm going to start ranting, and they're going to kind of bleed into my themes anyways. I'm going to do something a little different. You know, we typically go through like a – like I know Justin picks like four themes, and I like that a lot. Um, you know, Jacob is very good about going in and, and kind of transitioning into his themes, and, and I kind of do a combination of both. But one thing I want to do tonight, I want to kind of switch something up because I'm tired of doing these depressing post-game podcasts that are, you know, kind of bland – uh, particularly after the, after the Thunder lose. I want to do something different. I want to break things down into two categories. We're going to do some positives, and we're going to do some negatives. And I'm going to go ahead and start with the positives. Um, I thought about ending with the, with the positives, but let's, let's go ahead and start with them, because obviously there's much less positives than there are negatives, unfortunately. I thought the first positive tonight was the defense. Uh, I thought the defense was okay in the first. I mentioned this earlier on. They were good in the second, great in the third, and essentially phenomenal in the fourth. You know, they, they were good but tired in overtime, which is very understandable. And I think if you have Paul George in there and not falling out, which we'll get into here soon, I think that defense is obviously better. And um, obviously <laughs> obviously the offense is as well. But I, I don't know if you can necessarily knock the defense in the fourth, or excuse me, in overtime. I think that was pretty much on the offense. Um, an example of this, an uh, example of the good defense in the game, the Raptors, 32 of 18 in the fourth quarter, like I mentioned, after we were down 14 in the fourth. So the first through third quarters, the Raptors shot 57.9%. In the fourth quarter, they only shot 31.8%. Like I said, the fourth quarter, the defense really stepped up. We ended up forcing 11 turnovers in the second half after only forcing six in the first half. And both teams ended up with 17, ironically, which is funny because I, I just kept thinking the whole entire game, like, wow, the Thunder are giving up way too many turnovers. And we end up forcing 11 in the second half, getting back to our identity. That's what brought us back into the game. You guys have heard us preach that all season. Um, if you listen to other podcasts, you're going to you know, hear them preach about how the Thunder are best when they're playing solid defense, getting deflections and steals, and running, running in transition. That's how Presti has built this team. So another positive is Russell freaking West, Westbrook. I tweeted before the game that I thought he was gonna, going to have a big game with him being suspended, trying to p- prove people wrong, you know, after the whole technical... Uh, being suspended for the game against the Heat, it's all his fault, and then obviously with uh, Nick Carlson and his jersey retirement. You know, I kind of expected him to have a big game, and obviously Kyle Lowry, he was out. That's a big thing that I haven't even mentioned yet. Um, so Russ ends up with 42 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. He was 16-29 and 29 from the field for 55.2% overall, and he was 5-10 of 10 from 3, which is just huge. I know that's maybe a little high on the three-point attempts, but he was 50%, and he was one of the only players who was scoring the ball. We'll take that all day. You know, he he passed. I actually thought he passed the ball well, and if his teammates, if it was a night where some of his teammates were making shots, uh, cough, Paul George, cough, cough, and obviously I'm being funny there. This loss is not just on Paul George by any means, but obviously if Paul is hitting more shots, uh, I think, and, and the rest of the teammates, uh, or Russ's teammates, I think that assist number goes up quite a bit, and Russ has a triple-double. So, and, and that's not a big deal, but I, I obviously that helps us win. 
uh, if his teammates are making shots. So I thought he took over in the fourth. And honestly, this may be kind of controversial, but I think he maybe should have taken over in overtime as well. And like I said, it's controversial because not just us as an uncontested, but us as in uh, Thunder, Thunder Twitter, Thunder Media, national media, always talk about how maybe Russ forces too much when it comes to close games, fourth quarter situations, overtime situations. But tonight, when literally like none of, nobody else is stepping up and Paul George is fouled out, I, it might have been okay to see Russ maybe take a couple extra shots, you know, and maybe drive to the basket a little more instead of trying to pass down low um, to Steven and Jeremy, which is, like again, like that's super controversial because I, I've been on this very podcast talking about how, you know, he should try and get Steven involved more, et cetera, et cetera. So that may be a bad take. Um, but I just thought that Russ really had it going. And unfortunately, uh, overtime was really, really ugly. So that's about it. Speaking of ugly, onto the negatives. The first one I have here is the Thunder have got to quit turning the ball over, and they have got to get back in transition when they do turn the ball over. And it just seems like they have been doing very poorly with both during this losing streak. Um, the Raptors had 28 points in transition compared to 20 for the Thunder per, per the Fox Sports broadcast tonight. And the Thunder had 17 turnovers again. They did much better in the second half with their own turnovers as well as creating turnovers uh, for the Raptors. But... 17 turnovers is unacceptable, particularly when you gave up 19 against the Heat two nights before. Russ had eight of those. Russ, who played an incredible game, the best game of anybody on, on the team, um, and, and gave us a reason to even be close and be able to uh, be in attacking distance when it came to the fourth quarter, he still had eight turnovers, and that's unacceptable. Uh, Steven had three, and the rest were pretty spread, spread out. But they were still critical. Like, for example, I was about to jump on Schroeder, <laughs> this post-game podcast. Like, I started typing it up, and I looked. He only had one turnover. But the one turnover that I caught, obviously, or the one that stood out to me, was critical because it was during overtime. So there was a, a lot of critical turnovers like that. And when you combine these with these other issues that you guys will see, it's just a recipe for losing basketball games. And that's what's been happening. So the next one I have here is free throws. And that arguably is the biggest issue. They missed, they went 15 and 29 for 51.7%. No, not from the field, from the free throw line. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Raptors went 19 and 21. The Thunder left 14 points on the floor and lost by nine in overtime. You hit your free throws, you win this game. It's, it really is that simple. Sometimes it's not, but in this case, it, it really was. You know, it's, it's unacceptable. So, you know, free throws for tonight. I'm going to go here and, and pull up everybody's free throws. There wasn't really one that stood out to me. Yeah, Paul George, he went 4 of 7 from the free throw line, which is okay, not great. You have Jeremy, he went 3 of 4. That's good. And then you have Russ, he went 5, five of 8. He missed 3, um, which isn't nearly as bad as I thought until I was looking at this, or being completely honest. But you have Morris was 1 of 2. Noel, that one kind of hurt us. I thought he was playing great. He is very aggressive. Um, he, he really looked good coming back tonight, and he helped us a lot like in the second quarter, gave us a couple sparks. But he was 1 of 5. And then you have, you know, Nader 0 of 1, Shooter 1 of 2, and then you add all those up, and you're not making your free throws. We have got to knock down those those free throws. Those are huge for us. You know, I looked this up for this post-game podcast. Thunder are 18th in free throw percentage post-all-star break at 51.7%. So, which is really, really weird. They went, so they're 51.7% tonight. They're also 51.7% post-all-star break per NBA.com. And maybe that was not updated um, after this game, but I'm assuming it was. 
it's kind of weird. I never just now realized this when I was going through my notes here for the post-game podcast. Uh, but it has to be a mental thing, in my opinion. You follow any beat writer, you see all their tweets. Brett Dawson's a really good one about this because you guys love to, love to bug him about it. This team does practice free throws. It's not like they don't practice free throws. And you know what? I bet if we went to the Thunder practice and they were doing like, you know, the say, say they're doing like a suicide drill where you miss your free throws, you have to run suicides. And they, they probably don't do that because that's very much a high school thing. But anyways, I guarantee you they, they're making all their free throws. But there's just something mental going on with this team right now where they cannot hit them during the game. And it's very frustrating. It's very concerning. And it's not just free throws. Another issue I have here is shooting. Thunder continued to struggle with their shooting. They had more attempts tonight, 103 compared to 87, than the Raptors, which is typically a really good thing. When the Thunder out, have more field goal attempts than their opponents, that's been a really good, good thing for this team uh, for this season because they're running transition, typically. That's essentially what that means. You know, They have the ball in their hands more. They're controlling the tempo. They're controlling the pace of the game. But the Thunder only shot 43 of 103 for 42 points in from the, from the field tonight, which is awful. And even worse... And this has been a uh, recurring theme, as you guys are very well aware. They were 13 of 43 from three for 30.2%. So I looked this up as well. Since the All-Star break, the Thunder are last in the league, per NBA.com, at 42.3% field goal percentage. That's ridiculous. <laughs> the, the Thunder did not shoot well tonight. They haven't shot well recently. It's obviously an issue. And then finally, the last negative I have here is Paul George. He is... He's really been struggling with his fouling. Um, you know, he's been complaining to the refs over the, since really post-All-Star break. He didn't so much tonight, but tonight he just struggled straight up with fouling. And I listened to Antonio Daniels tonight again. I mentioned it in my last post-game podcast, but I listened to uh, him and Leslie's post-game podcast tonight, and he talked about how important it is, obviously, that PG stays on the floor. If we have him in overtime, I would argue that we win that game because he has some huge baskets, like I mentioned for us. They got, got us to overtime to begin with. He finally finally found to, to kind of find his stroke and then he fouls out at the very end of very end of the fourth quarter and the Thunder just lost all momentum you know when Paul George is not hitting his shots like he was in January early early February when he's going through a streak when he's doing that it opens up so much more for the rest of the offense um, and even if Russ is going it's just it's not the same and I feel like that's really kind of been a big reason for our offense really stalling and, and not being as hot as they were is, is Paul George. You know, he, he's a big part of that. And it's unfortunate that we have to rely so much on Paul George for our offense. But it also makes sense. When you have a player of that caliber, you know, he, I mean, shoot, he was an MVP candidate here a while, a couple weeks ago, a month ago, you know, because he's playing so well. Um, that really hurts us. So, unfortunately, he kind of seems banged up. And there's a lot of national media tweeting about this. Or, sorry, tweeting, uh, tweeting writing, whatever you want to call it. You know, they're, they're talking about this. Uh, he's not injured to where he can't play by any means, but we've talked about a lot. We've talked about this a lot in our pos- our podcast, particularly early on in the season. He's very he's very much a streaky player. And last season we talked about this. He's he's a streaky player, and getting banged up in Denver, and then hurting his other shoulder. He's not only frustrated, but that kind of throws him off his groove, throws him off his streak. I'm not, and I, I'm kind of like throwing this out there because I'm not sure if he is necessarily struggling because he's. Like going through a mental slump or if he's just like injured and can't shoot but I don't think that's necessarily the case because he's been putting up decent you know he, he's still been putting up quite a few points per game obviously I think he had like 30 against Golden State for example um, and I just think that something like these small little injuries he's kind of getting dinged up like this I think that could be enough that could just throw him off 
his game and could cause him to go into a cold streak. So we obviously really need PG to break out of a slump, whether it's mental, whether it's physical, whether we just need to like rest him and try to just like stay in the seventh or eighth seed um, and just have him healthy in the playoffs. I have no idea, but obviously it's very concerning because um, I do not think that he is 100% right now. So I've gone a little longer than I thought I actually was going to. I obviously had a lot more in my chest and a lot more to rant about than I anticipated. Um, unfortunately, that happens when the Thunder is playing like they are. But I do want to get to your guys' uh, Twitter questions because we had quite a few. I'm very appreciative of that. The first is from our own Justin at OKC Tracker. Um, he has some really good stuff. You guys need to go follow him. He made our Nick Collison Game of Thrones stuff, for example, for today. And um, he also had a really funny Nick Collison uh jersey in the rafters picture where he photoshopped the the loves jersey patch on there and it was really funny but he asked me and this is probably my favorite question if the thunder were a fast food restaurant who would they be and i thought about this for a little while i was going through my post game notes and i think that the thunder would probably be taco bell because you go to taco bell when you are slightly intoxicated or maybe very intoxicated on a weekend night and taco bell looks great it looks very appetizing it looks awesome but you know what you wake up the next morning and you just absolutely, and excuse my language, you absolutely shit yourself. That is this Thunder team. <laughs> this Thunder team, I think, is Taco Bell. So if I had to pick a fast food restaurant uh, for the, this Thunder team, I would pick Taco Bell for that very reason because they have been shitting all over themselves for this uh, this past stretch, for lack of a better term. Excuse my language. So um, Nick Klassen, at Nick Klassen, asked, Honest question, am I just a homer or do the Thunder get calls that go against them frequently? I example the ball did not go off Grant in overtime. This is very much a theme, and I'm with you. I'm um, obviously I'm a homer as well, probably, um, but I do think that is an issue. But I would also argue that I think that is brought on by our Thunder players who are constantly arguing with the refs and have kind of like set a bad uh, precedent, maybe, and therefore the refs gonna have a bad taste in their mouth mouths when they're refing OKC. I think that definitely could be a thing. Um, regardless, though, I, I am with you. I think that is a thing. Um, the Thunder certainly have not gotten calls post-All-Star break, and that's something that is also kind of standing out to me. But I would also argue again and kind of play devil's advocate that the Thunder are not losing games because of refereeing. Um, it's all on them, and it's not because of the referees. And if we make our free throws, we do the things I talked about earlier, and the, the refereeing wouldn't be an issue tonight. So, and I, and I thought they were okay tonight as well. I mean, I think that was just one of, of a couple bad calls. It wasn't as bad as I thought. Charles L. Wilkes asked a lot of different questions, so I'm just going to try and answer these quickly. Can the Thunder rotate on defense? Yes, I thought they played fairly good defense tonight, if we're being honest. Can we play with ball movement? We can, but what happens is some of our guys aren't hitting shots, so therefore Russ and PG kind of feel like they have to uh, resort to iso ball, and it hurts us. Can we stop trapping so much? Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's a tough question. It kind of depends on the opponent. It's probably a scheme that Billy has. Um, I, I don't know if they trapped a whole lot um, tonight. And if they did, I mean, it's because you have Kawhi and Siakam. Um, I, I don't have a huge issue with that as much. And then can we have better lineups? We're struggling right now, trying to find some consistency and depth. Can Steven Adams stop switching into guards and no real switch actually happen? Can Westbrook rotate? Um, basically, he's talking about defense. I actually thought the defense was a lot better. 
Um, and, and I can keep talking about that, but this would be an hour-long podcast. So if you guys listened to me earlier on in the podcast, you know that I thought the defense was better. I think it's the offense that is currently the issue right now. Jared Ferguson at Jared Fergie asked me, what needs to take place for the Thunder to get back to their January form? I think I <coughs> kind of mentioned that earlier as well. Offense. The Thunder need Paul George to get going. And if we can match that with Russ playing the way he is, playing so aggressive, um, being able to knock down his shots like he's been able to do. We saw Ferguson tonight you know, start to hit his shots, which was really nice and, and good to see. We've seen Jeremy on Monday's game against Miami, you know, start to hit his shots as well and have a huge, have a career high game. I think it's a matter of getting Paul and Russ to be able to get going on the same night. And then obviously some of these other guys to step up. I think if you can do that, you have a team that can go far in the play or at least can win a series in the playoffs, right? I think that's critical. Um, so I think that is exactly what needs to take place for the Thunder to get back to the January form. And that may not be very analytical, but I think that's a simple. I mean, it really is a simp- that simple. Um, and then Champ at I am Mr. Eccles. Even though we had the toughest schedule post All Star break, how many do you honestly believe we should have won? What do you think about Russell Westbrook off ball defense? Do you think it was crucial in this loss? Well, first of all, uh, Mr. Eccles, <laughs> I'm not going to go back through the schedule because this would be a hour long podcast. But there have certainly been a, and I agree. Andrew Sleck has said this for a while, uh, over at Down to Dunk, and I agree with it whole wholeheartedly. I feel like there has been a lot of missed opportunities, and um, you know the Pacers game is a good example of that. Um, honestly, tonight is kind of a good example of that. I mean, there's been if you go back through the schedule, there's been so many different missed opportunities. I actually thought the the tough post All Star break schedule was going to be good for this team because. Be, because before the All-Star break, this was a team who seemed to rise to the occasion against really good teams and beat those teams, and then kind of like not take it so seriously when they played against lesser teams and lose those games when our schedule was weaker. And so I actually thought this was going to be a really good test for the playoffs. Unfortunately, this team has just absolutely slumped and gone through a huge slump during this time. Um, but there's definitely has what I will say to answer your questions. There has certainly been some missed opportunities. I think we could go through that schedule together and see some teams that they should have beat. While there's some other games that they probably should have, or not should have, but could have lost very easily as well. I think that Utah crazy, you know, double overtime game or whatever, where Paul George hits that floater over uh, Gobert. I think that's a a good example of a game that could have gone either way. That Portland game was another good example of that. So. It is what it is. This team just needs to start playing better. And then you ask, what do I think about Russell Westbrook off-ball defense? Do you think it was crucial in this loss? It's actually a good question. I'm going to be real honest with you. Um, that's something I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to tonight. Um, but it certainly, it, Russ is very notorious for kind of trying to gamble or maybe taking some possessions off. And it certainly hurts us. But I'm not going to say that. I mean, I thought he played decent de- defense overall. There was a couple times where he, he was you know, defending Kawhi. Thought he did a decent job. Um, that's certainly I don't it. It was important and maybe hurt us in this loss, but I don't know if it was crucial. Um, like I said, a lot of the negatives I went over to tonight, I highlighted them because I thought they were the most crucial for tonight. So, anyways, I really appreciate you guys. I've gone 30 minutes now, which is really long for a post game podcast, but you guys were awesome. You sent in some really good Twitter, Twitter questions. Um, you guys also very interactive tonight. I did something funny. And I tried to lighten the spirit, and I uh, we're all Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball fans here at the Uncontested. So I tweeted out the spirit bomb with Goku. If you guys know what that is, you know what I'm talking about. 
And uh, I asked you guys to send the Thunder Energy, which was kind of fun. And they actually made a comeback. And I was going to shout every single one of you guys out if the Thunder won in overtime. Unfortunately, they did not. But I appreciate you guys uh, contributing for the interaction. Uh, that was a lot of fun, even if some certain other podcast maybe stole my tweet. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I really appreciate you guys reaching out, interacting with us. It makes this a lot more fun, particularly when the Thunder are going through a tough little slump here. But I promise you, um, it can get better. There's still enough time. I'm not quite giving up on this team yet, and you guys shouldn't either. Looking ahead, we have another game against the Raptors on Friday. We have a home-and-home. Spurs and Houston both lost tonight, which helps some, but the Thunder didn't win this. They need to win this game on Friday, basically. They need to split this home and home with the Raptors or else they're in big trouble. If we're being completely honest, eighth place really scares me, and um, they really need this win on Friday. And really from here on out, they need to show up. They need to be solid, and I'm just hoping. I saw an image from Fox Sports. I was watching the Fox Sports broadcast instead of ESPN. I saw a, a, an image post-game of Ray, and he was had his arms around Paul George, and I think it was Nader. I couldn't really tell. Uh, to be completely honest, I was focused on Paul because, you know, Ray, the veteran, is sitting there kind of chirping. Not chirping. I shouldn't say chirping, but he was uh, kind of talking to him, trying to motivate him in his ear, and you can just see Paul's face. He has a towel over his head. Paul looked locked in. So that's what I'm putting hope into, that we're going to see Paul George come out on Friday we're going to see Russ. We're going to see the whole entire team come out on Friday. And hopefully we can turn the season around. So that's what I'm uh, hoping for. And, uh, we will have a post-game podcast for you guys on Friday, probably. Um, but either way, we will have a group hop for you guys this weekend during that break until Thunder play again next weekend. The Grizzlies, I know it's been a little long. Thank you guys for listening to me. Bent. And until then, Thunder up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.